Welcome back, Mountain Brook. Uh, this is Donald Clayton, principal at Mountain Brook Junior High. I'm joined once again by Dr. Dickie Barlow, our fearless leader and school superintendent. Uh, we are in podcast number four, uh, where this time we were going to talk about what e-learning looks like. Um, last time uh, with our p- third podcast, we talked a lot about um, what just happened in the last week and the governor's announcement and the state superintendent's guidance um, and how that affected us and kind of some decisions that we made. So we're now we're transitioning into what does e-learning look like. Um, so and I know there's a lot to that, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of preparation that goes into that and and hard work basically. Um, what have we done as a school system to get prepared for e-learning? Yeah. So Donald, I guess it was about a month ago we sat down and started just asking questions. If this happened and we weren't able to, our students weren't able to go to our buildings, what questions do we have to ask to figure out what e-learning would look like? We'd done e-days over multiple years, but we expanded the thinking beyond e-days, and if this lasted a month or two months, what would we do? So we just asked a bunch of questions and brainstormed over and over again. And then this past week, we felt like there was a good chance that our school system would be able to use an e-learning platform. And at that point, what we did this spring break, Donald, you didn't get to do much this spring break, did you? That is correct. I did not. (laughs) Because you were here the whole time. (laughs) That's right. And so our administrative team, principals and directors and instructional leaders and technology leaders were here discussing what an e-learning platform would look like. And so over this past week, we've built a framework and our principals have talked to students and teachers about, do you think this would work? What we're thinking about this? I'll I'll give you an example. One of the things that we do in e-days is we just say, hey, you need to do this work. And so students can do it anytime during the day, right? Sure. Well, when you're talking about two months of this and uh, what happens is if you just say do it when you want to, then if you have, if you're like I was when I was in high school or my children now, is that, um, you know, you might procrastinate and I'll do that in a little bit. And next thing you know, your whole day is just school from eight in the morning till 11 o'clock at night right. and you've done nothing else. And so we felt like in order to help our families, we probably need to have a structure you know, there needs to be a time when you start and there needs to be a time when school ends. And so we've created a framework that will help our teachers and our community to know, oh, this is when school is. This is when we're going to do a work as opposed to an E-Day when you just do the work. And so that's one of the things we did this week. So if I'm listening to this podcast right now, I'm, I'm thinking, well, where's the schedule? And so let me just remind everybody that we'll have that schedule out and the structure out to parents and students probably by midweek next week. Right now we're still tweaking a few things and we'll run it past some teachers and other people in our system and community to make sure that we have just the right fit. The other thing that we realized is that, I've said this over and over again, we've got fabulous teachers and they're great in the classroom. And we've asked them to change their whole style and move into a learning platform, a virtual platform. It's a big which task. They, which is huge, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you're, here you are, you're, you're talking to all your teachers at the junior high and trying to encourage them and giving them ideas on 
what to be thinking right now, exactly. even during spring break. And so what we felt like is that we needed to create a virtual conference because if you remember, um, the state of emergency goes until April 6th. So we can't start our e-learning until April 6th by the directive of the governor and the state superintendent, Dr. Eric Mackey. So we've got next week. So we're going to continue to offer optional resources for our students. We're not, the school system's not going to go in the dark and right. just forget about our families. But during that time, um, next week, our teachers are going to be involved into a, in a virtual conference that we've, we've built that we can help our teachers who don't feel comfortable in that environment. You know, we have a lot of teachers who live in that environment and they love it. And so those teachers that are experts can help ours that are beginners. And so on next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, our teachers will be involved in sessions throughout the morning and in the afternoon. They'll work in groups virtually because we can't meet back at our school. Um, you know, Jefferson County is, has an order of 10 or less in a building. And so they will work virtually to improve their craft to get ready for April 6th. So how does a teacher, I mean, first of all, a virtual conference, who does that? I mean, that's pretty impressive. But how do our teachers, um, how do they meet virtually? Like, what does that look like for them? I think a lot of things would be done through Google Classroom, through other um, programs where there'll be a moderator and uh, an instructor, or I guess a facilitator, we'll call that, and just saying, hey, here are the things you need to think about when we're talking about e-learning. E-learning is different than being in the classroom. You're not standing next to the student and you put your hand on their shoulder and say, hey, let's focus on this. There are a lot of different ways to think about how we help our students engage in, in their learning. And so we just need to talk about those things. Exactly. You talked about standing next to the student, being able to kind of help guide them. The, the thing that I have always loved about my time here in Mountain Brook is how relational we are, um, how relationships are kind of form a core of who we are and, and how we operate. And so that's what kind of my next big question is, how, how do we keep that going? How do students connect with their teachers and kind of what type of support um, will be provided in that whole um, the effort to keep the relationship going? I think we are lucky that it's at the end of the year and we already know our, our students really well in the right. classroom. Uh, it'd be different if it was the first five weeks of the year. Uh, but when you're looking at the end, we know them, but that's still such a, a foundation for us what does that what does that look like staying connected our students you know they can always email our teachers and there'll be ways to connect with our teachers um, in our schedule we're looking at office building office hours every day for our teachers where students know hey if I need to get in touch with my teacher after the learning period is over then I can just email or potentially call or use a different program to connect with their teacher. But there are other things, too. I've talked about office hours, but there will be scheduled times that the actual learning will take place where students will have an opportunity to connect with their teachers. The teachers will give some type of instruction or you know, some type of assignment. Sometimes it will be through something like Google Hangout or Google Meet where there's actual conversation taking place. Other times that it might be go to Canvas and work on this assignment that I've got for you and then we're going to meet um, or I'll, I'll give you a call or I'll email you. I mean, there are multiple different ways to connect, but you're right. One of the things that we talked about when we first started talking about e-learning is that there were three things that we really wanted to do well. We wanted to have quality instruction. 
We wanted to have quality communication and we wanted to have quality feedback. And so if we can do those three things during this time period, we'll be successful. It sounds like we have a lot of options in there. Um, we, and I've always appreciated how our, our, we treat our teachers as professionals and give them the options. And it sounds like there's a lot to, to kind of keep us focused on the things that matter to us. So speaking um, for, to our students and families, what, what should they expect from e-learning? Well, before I jump to that question, <laughs> mind if I say one other thing please, about that? Please, please. Because you just brought up the point that our, our teachers are professionals and they've been given leeway um, or flexibility, I guess we said. Um, and that's the way we did set up this framework because we really do believe our teachers are the professionals. And so rather than say, here are the things that you are going to do, we've said, here are the platforms you could use. Think about the content that you're trying to teach your students, the relationships you have with these students, and then you choose the right platform. You choose what's best for your class and how you best communicate with um, your students. And so there is a lot of flexibility in that, and that's because we believe our teachers are great at what they do, and we're going to give, we're going to allow them to decide what's best for their students. Now, what was your question? Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what students and families can expect from e-learning. Right. So I've heard um, there's been a lot of stuff on social media. I don't keep up with social media too much, but um, where people have said, I guess I'm a homeschool mom now. Right. Um, and uh, the only thing I would say about that is that um, there is a difference between e-learning and homeschooling. Um, homeschooling, you're getting the curriculum, you're determining the curriculum, you're teaching your students or your children. Right. And, um, and that, um, that would shortchange our teachers a bit because we've been talking about how our teachers are professionals. And so what I'd say that what um, you can expect from e-learning is that you can expect structure, you can expect good instruction. And I talked about instruction, communication, and feedback. You can expect for the teachers to design the work and the teachers to offer the curriculum. Now, I gotta be honest and say that it's not gonna be like the classroom, right? Because the teachers aren't gonna be in the room right. and they're not gonna be next to the child. And so, especially in kindergarten to fourth, fifth grade, um, when we design e-learning activities for students, uh, the parents are going to have to be involved. I mean, that's just uh, how it is. I mean, maybe not all the time, but they're going to have to help their child. They're going to have to ask questions, be engaged in their students' learning. And I know that's, a, that's, that's quite a difference from dropping your child off at school and helping them with homework. Right. Um, so um, it's, this is, I said this in the last podcast, this is a new frontier for all of us, and it's going to stretch all of us. I know it's going to stretch the Barlow family with three children at home doing e-learning. It's going to be different. Um, we're going to have to take some deep breaths, be patient, and uh, work with one another and be flexible and uh, maybe go on some long walks at the end of the day. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the Clayton family's already been trying to do that, at least. <laughs> um, so you talked about what students and families can expect um, e-learning. So tell us a little bit, Dr. Barlow, if a student receives special services during traditional school, is that something that continues? Absolutely. 
we are going to do everything that we can to meet the needs of every one of our students. The word that we're using a lot is a good faith effort. You know, where our people are committed to our students um, and uh, are checking in with families even now. So this good faith effort, what that means is we're going to do everything we can. Is, it, is there a chance it's going to look different? Absolutely, because we're not in the home and the student is not in the school, so obviously it's going to look different, but it will continue. And same thing with counseling services. Our counselors have been working over the last couple of weeks um, very diligently to think about what services they can offer and how they can help students in mental health issues, anxiety issues, and so they've work, been working diligently. Our nurses are going to still work for us and work hard with families that they work with. Our, you know, even our SROs will be there. And, um, you know, if we have to, not if we have to, but um, some of them will want to help read books to our primary school students. And uh, so it's all hands on deck at this point. Um, all of our employees are going to work, and our focus is to help our students and our families in the Mount Brook community as best we can. Yeah. So, you know, we've, we've been at this for, it seems, two weeks now of not being in session. It's the spring break, of course, but two weeks. And then now we finally know we're going e-learning. Um, and we've still got a week until April 6th when that actually launches. So talk to us about the, what opportunities e-learning provides that an in-class learning doesn't, and then kind of follow us up with how can families prepare for e-learning over this next week until we get to April the 6th? Right. So I'm just going to just go ahead and jump to how do you prepare, okay? So um, we've been talking about this at our home just a little bit is that we have three children at home and they're all going to be doing school from home. And so I think there are just some practical things that we can think about over the next week. And that is setting up learning um, spaces for our kids. And maybe they don't need to all be in the same room. Maybe they do. You know, maybe the, you, you take your dining room and you put a desk on one side and a desk on the other side and you get headphones for your right. for your children so they can you know communicate with their classes and their teachers um, and then you can be in the middle helping them as you do your work when you're at home working from home you know there's a good chance I'll be working from home and so um, as we continue to try to isolate ourselves from this virus and so those are some things that we can do to prepare I will say this to Donald and so this might be a stretch for me to say this but I would just encourage our families. Um, I know it's been two weeks now that we haven't been in school. And we just got out of spring break. Um, that didn't really feel like a spring break, right? And um, there are all kind of things going on. If you watch the news, you, you get scared to death. Mm -hmm. There's anxiety that's flowing everywhere. Um, and so I would just encourage families, and I'm encouraging myself at the same time, is to take a step back and to make the most of this time. One thing that my wife heard on a podcast, she said, this woman on the podcast said, what I'd like for people to do is project four years um, from now and think about yourself four years from now, looking back on this moment, and look back and say, what are the things that I want to remember about that time? Mm -hmm. And so for me, what I'd like to remember is 
long walks with my family um, yeah. right around dusk. Uh, conversations that probably wouldn't happen, but because we're in the same house together all the time, conversations that just kind of happen, that they that have great conversations with my son and my daughters. And maybe I'll get to tell them some things that um, I've always wanted to say to them but didn't feel like I had the time to about, you know, how I love them and care for them and how proud I am of them, those kind of things. Um, because, you know, when we're in the busyness of life, a lot of times um, – we never slow down to do those things. Right. Um, or maybe it's, you know, you have um, great dinner time conversations and we sit around the dinner table for 45 minutes instead of two minutes, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, we developed these questions that um, they were dinner time uh, questions and we'll put those things we'll find those things again and dust them off and put them on our resource list and there are about a hundred questions that you can ask your family at the dinner table the you clayton know? family does that a lot actually oh really yeah we use them <laughs> <laughs> that's great and so maybe we need to pull things like that back out and uh and even though this this time is full of anxiety this could be a time that in four years we look back and say hey, those times weren't all that bad. I mean, that's when we really solidified our relationship with our children. Yeah, that's um, good. So I'm hoping that that will be something. Um, let me go ahead and speak about one more thing before we uh, go off the air here, whatever the air is, off the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, and I want to talk to our seniors again and parents of seniors. I know that uh, Dr. Mackey said there can be no graduation until after June 5th, that everything is canceled. And then he did come back and say, well, we'll have to see what happens with the virus. But um, I'd like to say not just our seniors, but to all of our students that um, we understand that there is a social aspect that has automatically been cut off from our students and our families. And so our priority right now is to get this e-learning platform um, in place so that we can c create that structure to help our families and take away some of the anxiety of this doesn't feel right. And so once we get that started, we'll begin having conversations about graduation and about, uh, you know, parades or whatever we need to do to have our kids feel connected to our community and to our school again. We'll do those things. We're committed to doing those things and we'll, we'll, ask parents to help in that. We'll ask students to help in that. Um, as our administrators plan at each school what they should do to help our communities stay together. So we haven't forgotten that. Um, we're just trying to get this e-learning platform in place. And then as soon as we get that going and our teachers are getting to work and working with our students, we'll begin having conversations about what's next and what do we need to do for our community. So seniors, hang in there. We love you. We're going to do everything we can to make this memorable in a good way, not just a bad way. Um, not, I don't want this to be, when you think of graduation, say that was the coronavirus year. Hopefully we can think of some things that we would go, gosh, it started out bad and scary, and it turned out to be something fabulous. Yeah, that's good. 
Um, thank you for that, um, Dr. Barlow, and that encouragement as well. I know I walk away um, thinking about how can I um, just kind of shift my thinking a little bit to make sure I'm um, looking at it from a positive viewpoint um, as well as a practical one. Um, continue to stay healthy, Mountain Brook. I know we have guidelines out there, um, social distancing, washing your hands. Make sure we keep following those things um, so that we can all work together uh, to kind of help stop the spread here um, of this virus. But we hope you guys stay well and uh, we look forward to talking with you and seeing you soon. Thanks. Thanks.